We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Peace with the Process. I'm excited to have you guys on today. We are ending off the month of January, and I just, I think we had an amazing lineup of guests this month, uh, an amazing start to 2021, and I'm going to roll through a few things that we've gotten started with this month uh, to kick our year off, and just uh, just some tidbits, so hang out with me, kick back relax, uh, actually pull out your notepad, uh, whatever you have, set yourself a reminder for some of the things I'm about to rattle off so that you could take advantage of all the tools and resources that we have coming up. So let's go ahead and get it started. Uh, many of you have probably already seen some of the posts that I've done on social media. I think I threw it up there on Facebook and I'm sure I'll have it on uh, Instagram and some of the other ones here in a little later. But my wife and I did our vision weekend just this past uh, just this past weekend. And what that is, if anybody who doesn't know what a vision weekend is, um, it's, you know, it's something that as a follower of, of God and of Christ, uh, my wife and I, are, we get together and we make an event out of it. Not, you know, some of the other people that I know do this. Um, don't I don't know if they make a, a full-on event with it or, or, or how they exactly structure it, um, but uh, one of my mentors, him and his wife, actually brought this to our attention as something to uh, do on a yearly and quarterly basis. We did it at the beginning of the year last year, uh, but we are going to be moving toward doing it on a quarterly basis this year as well. Um, so what it is, is we, my wife and I will go and we'll get a hotel somewhere, um, in the nearest city and it's a different hotel every time. So we're kind of exploring, um, our local city when we do this, but typically, uh, so I'll just kind of explain to you how this last one went. We booked in on Friday, spent that night, went out and had dinner at a restaurant we'd never been to, uh, went to bed, woke up early the next morning. Uh, myself was up way earlier than my wife, as many of you know, but when I did finally get her awake, uh, we started our day in worship and prayer and spent some time with the Lord. And we were really seeking what his vision is for us in 2021. So, you know, there's, there's some time that goes into that. You know, there's uh, obviously some great ways to uh, get centered up with what God has for you in the year. There's some great reasons to do that. Um, and the word that he gave us for 2021 was nourishment. And I pulled that from the verse that uh, that he spoke to me on, and uh, the verse is, uh, and here it is. It's First uh, Peter chapter two, verse one through three. Uh, so get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment 
now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So you, you see the word nourishment in that verse. Uh, and I think it's just very timely. <laughs> My wife and I um, are, sounds weird to say we're scheduled to have a child, uh, but we're expecting a child, uh, a son. Uh, his name is going to be Lincoln Wayne. We're expecting him on June 1st of this year. And the concept of nourishment, I think it just ties in so well. You know, I'm over here thinking, you know, I'm about to be a father. I need to make sure that I'm equipped to uh, be a great father to my son. And then God reminds me, you are a child as well. You know, so I need to make sure that I'm nourishing myself by getting rid of all the bad and the toxic uh, and the sin that I can from my life and come back to God's word and get that nourishment just as my son is going to be getting nourishment from me. I need to make sure I'm coming to God as a child and getting nourishment from him as well. So just an amazing word. I wanted to share that with you. After we kind of got our word for the year, my wife and I sat down and we went over those four value areas that I've talked with you guys about a lot here lately. And those four value areas are relationships, self, health, and wealth. We went over those. We compared notes on what we value for each of those four areas. And then we went through and we built her goals for each of those four areas and some of the sub areas in there as well. So we're designing goals and habits that we want to have for this year. Uh, some of them will be as short as just a couple of weeks. Some of them will be for the quarter and some of it will be something we're working toward for the entire year. Um, some of them even go further than that. I typically don't go any further than five years. I actually, and I, I'll take that back. I really don't go any further than anything like three years because you never know what's going to change. But I just wanted to share that with you guys. I thought Vision Night was an amazing night. I want to share that with our listeners. Um, if it's something that you're curious about, interested in, want to do that for your family or just for yourself, uh, you're a single guy or gal, it's still good to do just uh, just for yourself as well. You don't have to be in a family unit. Um, if you're curious about that, reach out to me. I have no problems uh, talking through uh, what that is, uh, how you can possibly get started on doing that for yourself. You know, January is almost over, but hey, it's still the first month of the year. Uh, so plenty of time. So some of the other things that we have going on is uh, some of you may have checked out my most recent article, which was the uh, you are the sum of the 50 people you follow. It was uh, inspired by a conversation that I had with Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman on uh, one of our recent episodes. And uh, that one was a good article. I enjoyed writing it. I know I several people who uh, enjoyed reading it, but I have another one out as well. Uh, by the time this podcast airs, it will be out. I don't have it titled yet, but I'm about three quarters of the way done writing it. Um, and this one is going to be a. It's going to be not 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 necessarily a list, but kind of a descriptive article of the different tools that I use to manage my time uh, and manage my day manage my appointments. I mean, really overall, just managing my time. Um, and I think it's going to be something very, very useful for those of you who are getting this year started and you're looking for some uh, organization. You're looking for some uh, clarity in terms of you know making sure that things are clean, that you're not overbooking, that you're not uh, unsure of what is most valuable uh, expenditure of your time, things like that. Uh, so Check that out. That will be out by the time this podcast airs. If you haven't already seen it on our socials, um, this is your opportunity to check it out now. And as I'm talking about that, 
if you want to receive all of the tools, resources, gifts, promos, topics that were discussed on today's episode or not discussed on today's episode, emailed directly to you before anybody else gets it. That means if I drop a gift or I drop an opportunity to win something um, or one of our guests has an opportunity for you to get something and maybe it's limited spacing, what I do is I put that information into this email and if you've subscribed to it, you're going to get the email the exact minute that the podcast goes live. So Central Standard Time, that podcast is going to go live on Tuesday at 6 a.m. You are going to receive the email at the exact same time. You're going to get a link to listen to the email, or I'm sorry, a link to listen to the podcast, but you're also going to get, um, if you scroll down just a little bit further, you're going to get the description, you're going to get the little gif that I have for the episode, but then you're going to get all the resources. So the links to our um, to our guests, different social media platforms, and anything, any tools and resources that we discussed or did not discuss on the show, and your opportunities um, to take advantage of whatever was up for grabs. There's so many different things that we put up there, so I can't really get specific with you on this one. Um, but do that. If you want to take advantage of that and be signed up for those emails, go to peacewiththeprocess.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and fill out the subscription form. If you want to check out some of the resources that will be on those emails, head over to peacewiththeprocess.com and click on the resources page. That's going to give you a list of some of the things that have already been in a few of those emails, but it doesn't have those exclusive uh, tidbits like discount codes and things like that. You have to actually go and listen to the full episode if you're not subscribed to those emails. So that's just one of those benefits. If you're subscribed to the email and you're looking for a discount code, well, if you're subscribed to it, it's going to be in that email. If you're not subscribed to it, you're going to see the posts and you're going to say, hey, listen to the episode for your discount code. And you got to go and you got to listen to the full episode to get your discount code. You got to listen to it. You got to write it down. Then you got to head over to the website and you got to pull up the uh, the resources page and then you got to pull up the link. Why not just subscribe to the email and have it all right where you need it to be? You've got the code, you've got the link. Boom, boom, boom. You're done. It's as simple as that. So again, head over to peacewiththeprocess.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom and fill out your subscription. Equally, I do have opportunities to work with you guys one-on-one -on -one as this year gets started to get clear on what you value, what is going to be a valuable use of your time, and what is going to be the best way to go about structuring your day and your time expenditure so that you can have this 2021 year be the best year that it can be. Uh, if we do not plan, then we are planning to fail. Uh, if you would like some assistance with that, somebody who's going to be in your corner to um, basically just help walk you through some of the foundational steps that's going to lead you to what's going to work best for you. This is not a one size fits all deal. You're going to have to do some work in terms of what matters most to you, um, what your schedule currently looks like. There may need to be some things that uh, you drop in order to pick some things up, or there may need to be some things moved around to get the most uh, out of this process. Um, but it's not just a cookie cutter recipe. It's something that it's foundational concepts that when you apply it to your life and you start customizing it to fit who you are and what you do and enjoy, 
that's when it's going to start working for you. And then the consistency is what goes along with it. And I can help you out with that. I can help you out with the consistency. Check out the article that I'm published. I don't have the title for it. I'm sorry. I haven't finished it yet, but it will be whenever this episode uh, is out. And if you've subscribed to the, uh, to the email, it'll be, I'll put it in the email as well. So, uh, check out that article. That's going to be some great tools to help out with that process. But if you want a one-on-one opportunity to work with me and we can get this started for you, we can get very specific about you uh, and what you've got going on so that we can help you operate at your maximum potential this year. Head over to peacewiththeprocess.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom. There's a contact us form there. Fill that out and just say, I'm interested in working with you one-on-one. And um, you can also reach out to me on any of the socials as well. You've got me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Clubhouse. I'm I'm on all of those. If you got me on any of those, uh, you can reach out to me on there as well, um, and just let me know. Hey, I heard about this on the podcast. Opportunity to work with you one on one. Let's do it. All right, guys. That is all I have for you today. So uh, the end to end off the first month, we have an amazing guest, Mr. Joe Rinaldi. Um, I'm just going to jump right into it because his story is amazing. Uh, me and him connected very much on the self-growth journey and the mindsets involved in it. Um, and he just has some amazing insights. I'm ready for you guys to hear about it. All right, Joe, I'm super excited to have you on the show today, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Blake. Thank you so much for having me. It's just a, a beautifully cold and crisp Sunday here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It is. It is a, a beautiful day here as well in Texas, and I'm 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 hoping that when this podcast release uh, on our next episode, or when this comes out on a Tuesday, that everyone else is going to have the opportunity to have a beautiful day out there as well, so that they can take what we're going to be talking about in this episode and apply it, which is going to be being active, getting out there, doing something to keep yourself moving, uh, as well as several other awesome topics. Um, so I'm really excited to get to diving into it. Um, and I want to be completely upfront with our, uh, our listeners today and say that I made a huge mistake about five minutes ago, me and Joe were sitting here talking and we were getting into some awesome, awesome conversations. Uh, and I looked down and I realized I did not hit record on this episode and I was kicking myself. <laughs> I told Joe he is, he has been uh, extremely uh, awesome in saying, Hey man, you know what? I've got some time. Let's go ahead and start it back from the top. We'll hit some of those awesome things and, and we'll keep it going uh, for you guys. So I just want to throw it out there, guys. I messed up and, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful enough to have a guest on the show today. That's willing to, uh, to help me wrap it up uh, and then start back over from fresh, uh, you know, back over from scratch with us. Yeah. Um, that's, Hey Blake, it's no problem, man. It, the first time around was so good that this time around is going to be stellar. I can't wait. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm super excited and I, I'm excited for you guys to hear his story. Cause that's what we're about to dive into. Uh, you know, so with, let's just get into it, man. Cause I I'm, I'm excited to hear it again. Sure. Yeah. So, um, right. I'm 26 years old. I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with my wife we're both doctors of physical therapy, but to really know who I am and what I'm about, I have to take you guys back to my childhood. Uh, when I was 10 years old, I was telling Blake earlier, I woke up one morning with no warning and just couldn't see out of my right eye. Uh, my parents rushed me into New York City 
we uh, frantically searched for specialists and bounced around between doctors as everyone tried to help figure out what was going on. And eventually we landed at this doctor's office and I was diagnosed with something called best disease. And so best disease is also known as juvenile onset macular degeneration. And for those of you who have no idea what I just said, uh, the macula is a part of the retina that's responsible for central vision. And so in other words, my central vision is slowly deteriorating and it has been since I was a child and there's really not much that I can do about it. My condition ebbs and flows. And so I have what I call episodes where I'll lose a chunk of my sight and, uh, and it'll, it'll get a little bit better with some treatment, but it never gets back to as good as it was before. So essentially I'm going down the path toward blindness and there's not really much that I can do about it at this moment. Yeah. And it's, I wish you guys could hear my reaction to the first time hearing this story <laughs> because of how impactful, uh, that has been on me just, just hearing about, cause you know, we talked about it last time where we hear people who experience an event in their life or an obstacle that they had to overcome or something that may have been tragic in their lives. And it's, it's, it happens and then it's over and they're on the other side of that hump. But with you, you're facing it every single day at some point, you know, based on how science and things moves along, you're going to lose your vision and having, being able to face that and have the perspective that you've had on it is incredible. So obviously, you know, I want to learn more about how this has affected you. What has been some of your perspectives uh, going forward, you know, once learning that? Yeah, I think, uh, so one thing I should say is that I think a lot of times I agree with Blake, it's, it's easy for people to look back at events that have passed and feel gratitude for those events because they've brought them to a certain place and they, they can see it play out. And in my case, this is still developing. It's something that I live with. It's something that's progressively getting worse. Um, but at the same time, I'm grateful for it. And I think that's a big misconception that people have is that you can't feel too opposite things at once in life. And uh, I'm a living testament that you can. You can go through things that suck, but you can be grateful for them at the same time. And so to kind of answer your question, Blake, I think my eyesight truly started out as a burden for me. You know, in school, I had trouble reading. I felt like I couldn't relate to other kids. I felt like I was disadvantaged. But as I grew up, as I got into early adulthood, that has shifted and that burden has become a blessing. And it sounds absolutely crazy to say, but I'll say it again and again. My eyesight is one of the best things that has ever happened to me. And I wouldn't change it for the world because it's brought me to this place and it's helped me become who I am. And so two things uh, that my eyesight has done for me, or really three. One, it shifted my perspective on what other people might be going through. And what I mean by that is on the surface through my childhood, young adulthood, I excelled in school. I did well in sports. I was a, a likable kid who had great relationships with his friends and his family and whatnot. But on the inside, there were long stretches of my life where I was in dark places. I felt hopeless. I felt down, but nobody can see that from the outside. And so it, what that's allowed me to do is really live life um, with this light and with this positivity that I hope vibrates out to those people around me, because I truly understand that no matter what people look like on the surface, 
everyone has the potential to be struggling and suffering with something that I can't see. Uh, so it's given me that perspective. The second thing is that I get up out of bed every single morning with the attitude of I get to rather than I have to. And for me, every time my eyes open in the morning, it's an absolute blessing and an incredible opportunity to make the most of the day because I don't know how many more days I'm going to have where I open my eyes and I can see the world around me. And so uh, I live life through the lens of gratitude. I get to do things. I don't have to do things. And then the third thing is what I've lost in eyesight, I've gained in vision. And for most people, the words sight and vision are interchangeable, but for me, they're completely different. Eyesight is physical. It's, uh, it's what you can see with your eyes, but vision um, goes far beyond and far deeper and is far more meaningful than sight. And uh, my vision in life has been enhanced by my sight. Every time I lose sight, I gain vision. And what I mean by that is I have this purpose. I have this bigger reason for why I'm living life. Uh, and again, I feel truly blessed to have, uh, have the sight that I have. Yeah, man. And it's, it's really a beautiful story to, to be able to tell about your mission going, you know, you've, you've made me a better person by allowing me to see no pun intended, allowing me to, to see that I, I've been taking my eyesight for granted. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I, I love that, you know, we were able to expound on that difference between, you know, sight and vision, uh, and, and, and how impactful those two things are. Um, so you talk about being an early riser. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. And, uh, cause I've gotten, uh, I've gotten everything from, Oh, you're an old man to, you know, Oh, he must just be an old soul. Uh, and all kinds of things for being a uh, go to bed early and a wake up early kind of guy. Yeah, I've gotten all of that and so much more from my family and friends. But my ideal bedtime is eight o'clock. My ideal wake up time is four in the morning. And I've been an early riser for most of my life. But about three or so years ago, I decided to take things to the next level and get up a little bit earlier near four o'clock in the morning on a consistent basis. And what that does for me is it allows me to be present in this time of day that is so still and so quiet and um, there are no distractions. It's just me and my thoughts and the quietness and the stillness around me. And I absolutely love that. Um, and it's been a time where I journal, I do some breath work, some meditation work. Um, I pray. Um, and I get things done and I can set the tone for the day. Now, the other part of waking up at four o'clock in the morning is that people assume because I do it all the time, it's easy for me. And uh, some days it is. Some days I pop out of bed and my wife will roll her eyes at that because uh, she's not a morning person. But uh, other days it's hard. Other days the alarm goes off and, and all I want to do is hit the snooze button and close my eyes. But I don't. Because the fact that I can fight that battle first thing in the morning between taking the easy road and the more difficult path, and I can choose the difficult path and actually get up even when I don't want to, that sets the tone for the day. And I'm a firm believer that how you do anything is how you do everything. And so I try to start off all my days on the right foot by winning my wake up. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I resonate with that a lot. Uh, my wife is not a morning person either. Uh, she will roll her eyes and there's days where she just, she just begs me to come to, to, to sleep in. Um, so, but I definitely get it, you know, especially the feeling of being able to 
sit in some silence, sit in some quiet. Uh, my wife and I went to a retreat with our church uh, just this past weekend. And during that time, I've been trying to run on Wednesdays and Fridays. So we were going to, we had to be at the hotel uh, Thursday afternoon. And I knew I was going to be waking up on a Friday at a hotel. And she kind of looked at me odd whenever I was packing my running shoes and things like that. She says, oh my gosh, are you going to wake up early and go running? I said, absolutely. I sure am. I'm dedicated to making sure that I do this, um, which, you know, it, it's a challenge for me. I've never before, you know, I don't travel a whole lot, so I never really had the opportunity to exercise this muscle of, can you do what you've been doing at home uh, while other circumstances are changing? So that was, that was the challenge in and of itself. But I woke up early that morning, uh, got ready to go for my run, and it was just dead silent in this hotel. Uh, of course, you've probably got some COVID, not a lot of people traveling, but even that early in the morning, nobody was there. And there's yeah. this sense of freedom of just kind of being able to walk around. And I was exploring the hotel. I was checking different places out, tried to get into the penthouse suite. Doors were locked, <laughs> you know, and did, you know, just kind of did some exploring, looking for a treadmill. They were all shut down. So I did my run outside, which was even, even more freeing because it had this old quiet, Sun still hadn't come up, so it was just running around this uh, this real small area uh, where it was just nice and quiet outside. Um, and then I also resonate with the being able to be sitting in silence, not just with your atmosphere, but with your thoughts as well. You know, mm -hmm. having that opportunity to kind of check in with yourself. Maybe you start to have some of those conversations in your head, but you're 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 finding out how you think when literally nobody else is watching. Yeah. Uh, we don't get that very often because we're stimulating ourselves all the time over and over and over again. Um, and then the second point you talk about, which is making that decision to overcome something early on in the day. You know, you say you've, you, there's days where you have to make sure that you're getting up and, and pulling yourself out of bed. And there's days where you're you're probably you know waking up a lot easier than that. So, I've talked with uh, Chase Tuning. You and I have mutual contact with him on on one of my other episodes where we talk about the I I cannot figure out who is able to wake up without <laughs> an alarm clock. Who has this natural ability to wake up? And I, there's only two types of people that I figured out can do it, and it's either ex-military or old men. And you are neither, you are neither of those. So what is, how do we get this clock ticked yeah. in for us? Yeah. I think there's, there's two pieces when I think about it. And, and the first and more practical piece is just consistency. Our bodies and our minds are incredible at adapting to the stresses that we place on them. And so getting up at four in the morning over the past three years have uh, that's resulted in me being able to wake up at four in the morning without an alarm clock just because of that sheer consistency. But I think the second piece and probably the more, uh, you know, undervalued piece in that equation is actually having something to get out of bed for something that pulls you out of bed. And we talked about this previously that for me, um, I have a lot on my plate, right? I work full-time in a clinic treating patients. Uh, I'm married. I spend time with my wife. I have a newsletter. I have a podcast. I have a blog. I do online coaching and in-person coaching. And so for me, I love all of those things, 
and there's almost not enough time in the day. And so for me, getting up at four o'clock in the morning is just such an incredible opportunity to work on those things that I really care about. Um, that when I do wake up at four o'clock in the morning, most days it's pretty easy for me to get out of bed so I can do those things. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you've talked about not always needing an alarm clock, but being able to 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 get up whenever it's time to get up, but having that safety measure uh, yeah. in case you in case you have something that you need to do. Um, but then you've also talked about being intentional about trying to sleep in on some days. <laughs> yeah. So I am the classic type AAA personality and uh, I have trouble relaxing. It's just kind of who I am. So my goal for yesterday, which was a Saturday, was to sleep in until seven o'clock in the morning to give myself some extra rest and recovery. And uh, my body without fail woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. And I really had to fight hard to go back to sleep. And I did it. And I woke back up at seven o'clock and I felt pretty good about it. Um, but for me, things like that, sleeping in, taking time off of work, uh, those things are hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I've had to try to find the balance with that as well. Understanding when it's best to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when to kind of pull myself back out of that, you're in the middle of it, you know, and you're things are, things are going and you just want to keep going with it, but realizing we can't, we can't burn ourselves out. Um, I hope to be, I hope to be on the level one day where I have to force myself to go back to sleep. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not having to force myself just yet, but, uh, but I hope to be there one day. I I think that the, uh, I think the struggle of going back to sleep might be Mm -hmm. a little less than the struggle of waking up. So I'll, I'll gladly exchange those two one of these days. Yeah, man. It's a blessing and a curse. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say you need to get there, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, your, your background is in, uh, physical fitness and, uh, and physical therapy as well. Mm-hmm. So let's get into a conversation along the lines of, um, the fitness portion of it. And let's talk a little bit about, of course, you know, nothing is one size fits all. Everybody has something that they need to do a little bit differently. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about some of the common um, goals that people have that they come to you for that they're trying to achieve? And what are some things our listeners could do to get started or get thinking about? Yeah, definitely. I think so through my coaching, um, the two most common things that people come to me for uh, build muscle and lose fat. And I think on the surface, those things seem simple and they seem purely physical, but under the surface, and this is something I try to get my clients to understand is a self-confidence and self-accountability issue. And so for a lot of people, the reason they seek out a coach like me is for the accountability, for the guidance, for the encouragement. But one of my goals as a coach is to leave people at the point where they don't need me anymore. And so I think Uh, One of the things that we should all be striving for is to be accountable to ourselves first and foremost. I think integrity um, is really at its core being able to keep your word to yourself when nobody else knows whether or not you did. And uh, so that's something I try to instill in all of my coaching relationships is just integrity, self-accountability, and self-confidence. And we usually get people there. But again, on the surface, people are generally coming to build muscle, lose fat, and sometimes for performance goals, like running a half marathon in a certain time or lifting a certain weight for a certain number of repetitions. Uh, And as far as getting people there and what people at home can do to get started, 
It sounds simple. It sounds cliche, um, but it really, it is the most effective way that I've found. You have to make exercise meaningful and you have to make it manageable. And so what that means, and before I get into what that means, I'm going to retell a story that I told Blake on this first recording that didn't get recorded. But uh, <laughs> as a physical therapist, I treat a wide variety of patients and some of them, I know what they do as their occupation. But this one patient in particular, I had no idea that she was a dental hygienist. And I found out that she was a dental hygienist when I went to the dentist on a Saturday morning and she was the one cleaning my teeth. And as someone who is not the best at flossing, I often uh, feel the need to confess to the dentist and the dental hygienist that I don't do a great job of flossing because I feel guilty and I know that they know uh, when they look at my teeth. So anyway, I told her up front, I said, listen, I'm sorry. I, I didn't do a great job at flossing since the last time I was here. And without hesitating, she said, it's okay. I don't do my home exercises. And, um, <laughs> And, but it really, it flipped, it's a funny story, but it flipped a switch for me. It, it, the light bulb went off and I realized I don't floss because it's not meaningful to me. When I don't floss one night, I don't see the detrimental effects right away. And so I don't, it's not meaningful and I don't do it. But in order to make flossing meaningful for me, I have to um, frame it in the bigger perspective that it's good for my long-term dental health, even if I can't see the results right away. And I make it manageable by keeping it to 30 seconds. It's easy. And so for anybody who's looking to get into exercise and you're not sure where to start, start small, be consistent and make it meaningful for you. Uh, those would be my biggest pieces of advice. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, being able to connect with the why behind it. I, mm -hmm. I threw a video up on Facebook. I think I even did a, um, a process perspective episode. So uh, our listeners have heard me talk about this several times where I started, uh, I started running. I never was, was in a, uh, a place where I thought running would ever be anything I would do. I was like, I'm not a runner, not my thing. Um, but my wife and I are, uh, are pregnant expecting our first child in June. Congratulations, and, uh, man. Thanks. Thank you, sir. And, uh, so there's this, there's this thing about being a father. And, um, I think it's, there is a, there is a special connection with knowing that it's going to be a boy and I need to be this strong father, uh, who's able to run around and play with him when he gets here. And I'm, I'm able to keep up with him. I, I want him to get burned out before I do, mm. you know? So that was the why that I was connecting with. I was hitting that mile and a half and trying to tell myself, okay, this is where I'm going to slow down, but no, no, I'm not, you know, this is for my son. This is why I'm, this is why I'm going to push. Um, and that's something that definitely held me over quite a bit. Yeah. That's such a powerful why I think, uh, having a family and having a son and wanting to be an active participant in his childhood and healthy for him. Uh, that's one of the, the strongest whys you could possibly have. And I think I also heard as, as you told that little story that, um, you sometimes hit this point where you want to stop when you're running and mm. that, that, that moment where your mind and your body says, no, uh, that to me is one of the most powerful, powerful moments in anybody's life is when those moments happen. It's one of the reasons why I love physical exercise, um, because through physical exercise, you can reach that limit where your body and your mind, they just want to stop. But to me, I visualize this other person inside of me. And so not an actual physical person inside of me, but this other person that when I want to stop, when I want to quit, this person can go one more, they can do one more, they could be just a little bit better. 
And every single time I face that moment where I have a decision of taking the easy way out or taking the more difficult and rewarding road, I try to tap into that other person so that I can become more like him each and every time. And uh, we had talked about this on the first recording, but uh, people call me crazy for taking cold showers on a daily basis. But for me, the cold shower is that physical representation of something uncomfortable that I don't have to do. I'm choosing to do it because it's uncomfortable. And every single time you step into that cold water, you have a decision to make. Am I going to make the excuse that I don't need to do this? Or am I going to suck it up, step into this discomfort and give my best effort so that I can be like this other person inside of me that I want to be like? Right, right. Absolutely. And uh, I know we talked also a little bit about that, the relationship between the physical limits that we're met with and the, and the mental limits that we're met with. And that I'm not at, by any means surprised that a lot of my guests who are on this self-growth journey, whatever it's, it is these days, that it stemmed from a fitness or physical journey or, or a physical milestone that they overcame mm. because there's something that is just substantially different about when you're sitting at a desk mm. and you begin to get a little bit tired and you begin to, to get a little bit bored or, or whatever it might be that you're doing, that your brain is trying to take you off in different directions or it's trying to tell you, you know, Hey, I'm just tired, whatever it may be. It, that is a little more subtle than when you are putting yourself through something physical and I'll just relate it to, to running. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you're taken off and you're running and you get to this point where not only is your, your body is now informing your brain, I need to stop or I want to stop probably moreover, but it's trying to get you out of that uncomfortable zone so that you can get back to comfort. Cause that's what our brains are always trying to do. They're trying to keep us in comfort. They're trying to protect us. And, but instead of it just being your mind, that's telling you that it's now your body. So you've got two big pieces of who you are that are trying to tell you no, no. And you have to use that other side of your brain that says, yes, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys no, because I'm going to keep pushing. Uh, I'm going to keep building. Uh, and, and we have to have that, that point where we learn about ourselves. So we learn what that point is and we're able to really find out so much more about us. So I think that's a great opportunity for anybody who has been interested in any of the episodes that I've been having on here. And you're kind of like, I don't get what the whole hype is about this whole self-growth journey and stuff like that, and why you're so passionate about it and, and why all your guests are so passionate about it. Get out there and do something physical, mm -hmm. something that you think you're capable of that you've not done yet, because I guarantee you, you will surprise yourself that you probably are not as strong or as fast or as capable as you have envisioned in your head right off the bat. It is going to take some work and some dedication. Uh, basically, get out there and humble yourself at the yeah. gym or humble yourself at the track. You know, whatever it is that you think you're able to do physically that you haven't attempted yet, do it, get humbled, and now find out all the other areas in your life that you think you've been able to do something and you just haven't because you think, oh, well, that would be easy for me or it wouldn't be that much of a challenge for me. Now, go humble yourself and give it another shot and see what you think. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I want to add in a quote from C.S. Lewis. And again, I don't know the, the entire quote by heart, but I know the beginning. 
And he said that every decision a person makes changes that person. And so it is so true that when you hit that point, whether it's physical or mental or a combination of the both, and part of your yourself is telling you that you want to stop, you want to quit, you want to rest. And the other part thinks that you can push just a little bit further. Whatever you decide there is going to move you a little closer to that side. And if you take the easy way out, the next time that decision comes around, you're going to be a little bit more prone and tempted to take that easy way out. But if you do what's difficult in the pursuit of being better, the next time that decision comes around, you're going to be a little bit more able to make that decision again. And it's going to move you inches along this continuum. And over time, those little decisions, those inches add up to feet, to miles, to, to bigger than you could even imagine. And over the course of a lifetime, it's really the culmination of those little decisions time and time and time again, that determine where you end up. And Blake, as, as a soon to be father, and again, congratulations. Uh, and coming, coming, you're welcome. And someone like myself who hopes to be a father someday and have a family, um, you know, those decisions, even though they seem small, and even though there's no immediate consequence for taking the easy way out, I understand and I truly believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. And by making those small decisions and creating habits, those habits affect who we become down the road. And down the road, if you just if you become a quitter, if you take the easy way out, that's going to affect not only you, but your family, your wife, your children, your friends. And so it's so much bigger than just us. And I think when we can frame our decisions in, in, through that lens, it uh, becomes a lot easier to make the difficult decision that we know is going to be better for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, yes, that's, that was my perspective on it. In our first go around, I made a joke about don't, <laughs> don't go out and, 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 you know, have a kid simply because you want a strong why. Uh, in fact, I, I want to put a little bit more of a serious spin on that and say, if you don't already have a family, then get started with a different why, or, uh, you know, go ahead and make that your why you can make your future family a why. But if you get started on that journey now, when you do get to the point where you're about to become a father, or you're about to become a mother, and then that becomes your why you will have accomplished so much more already. And that why is going to push you to an even the even next level, the, the next biggest thing. Um, cause you're just, no matter where you are in life, I feel as a, as a first time father and he's, my son's not even here yet. I already feel that there's, there's some things that I've accomplished in life, but it's, it's not quite enough. You know what I mean? And I mean that in a good way by saying I can do more and be more for my son and my family. Uh, I think that no matter how much you've accomplished, you're always going to get to that point that says, there is more I can do. There is more I want to do. And it's from, a, it's, it's from a healthy perspective, not, not the negative perspective where we think, Oh, I need to, I need to do more. I'm not doing enough. You know, I, I'm not satisfied. That's not what it is because yeah. the name of the podcast wouldn't be called peace with the process <laughs> if I believed that, you know, so it's, it's again, finding your peace with that process and uh, getting started as soon as possible so that when something meaningful does come up in life that you now have a very strong why, even if your why is little now and something stronger will come along, you've already put in the groundwork and the footwork. So I think that's something that I wanted to make a turn on that, that joke yeah. I made on the first go round. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and to, to your point, 
if somebody out there, maybe that, that didn't resonate with them. And, and I hope it would, because that's super powerful. But if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have a why, I don't have a family. I don't have a reason to do these things as counterintuitive as it sounds. Sometimes action precedes inspiration. Sometimes you have to go out and as Nike likes to say, just do it. And you get some action under your belt. And then all of a sudden you start to feel inspired. Um, so if you're not feeling inspired right now, if you don't have a why, if you don't have a drive, I challenge you and I would encourage you go take some action, even if it's small, go take some action and you might just be surprised at how inspired you get. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when we talked about this last time, I think we mentioned there's the point when you're taking action that you start to realize your why behind it, because it's mm -hmm. when you hit that resistance you're either, you're either going to start figuring out your why when you start pushing yourself, you know, you're going to bring that up. You know, for me, whenever I hit resistance, I'm like, I'm like, okay, what am I reaching for? That's going to keep me striving to the next level. And I go, I'm doing this for my son. I'm, it, mm -hmm. it, this is, this is for you. And no one's around. I can yell to myself uh, <laughs> and I don't look crazy. So you know, I can yell, I can yell it out. And, you know, this is for you and keep pushing and keep running. Um, so you may find yourself pushing at something when you hit resistance and all of a sudden it clicks this is for, you know, this is for future me or whatever it may be, you know, the whole Matthew McConaughey, my, my <laughs> role model, my role models, me in 10 years, <laughs> you know, so uh, whatever that why ends up being for you, you'll, you might find it whenever you decide to push yourself, but you also might find it whenever you decide to take the comfortable route. So you step back and you say, no, I'm not going to push. And then later on in the day, you start feeling bad for not mm. having done it. Mm. And you're going to start to think about why are you feeling bad? What is it that you are not going to achieve because you failed to push yourself? That will help link you with your why as well. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Now I couldn't have said it any better myself. Took the words right out of my mouth. And the, and the Matthew McConaughey reference was on point. Uh, he is a cool dude. I would love to meet him someday. And his voice. Oh man. I know, man. All right. All right. All right, <laughs> man. I, uh, I actually got, have you heard, have you, have you read green his light? book? Green light? I, yes. I have it. I haven't read it yet. Okay. Do you have the physical copy? Yeah. I would say get, get the, the audible version book. because he narrates it. <laughs> <laughs> he narrates it, man. And yeah, dude, he has had a crazy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, it, it was an awesome book to read. Definitely check it out. Uh, and, and, and listeners too. Absolutely do that. Um, I think I've had a few guests on the show. We've talked about Matthew McConaughey <laughs> and his green lights situation, which, which green lights is a, is a good, it's actually a good, uh, a good topic for what we're talking about now. Cause it's taking the concept of, uh, you know, you might come up, you might hit a red light in life, um, you know, but look for the green lights and look for the yellow lights. The yellow lights are your opportunities to slow down. Think about, the red lights you've had and how to turn them into green lights and you know that whole aspect there that's a great that's a great thing to think about whenever you're getting started in your fitness journey you know what is something that you might encounter uh, that might be a red light you know sit and soak in the the green lights or i'm sorry sit and soak in the yellow lights and and blow past all the green lights yeah yeah um so we're, we're getting into uncharted territory now. I don't think, I think we're getting no. into some topics that we haven't talked about already from my, uh, from my hiccup and not hitting record. <laughs> uh, so, so I want to talk more about, you have, um, you know, you, you're in this uh, self-development journey because of the fitness journey that you've been on uh, as well. And it's been a big motivator and pusher for you. Um, 
I love to get into the nitty gritty of like people's routines. Mm. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your routine. We talked a little bit about the morning stuff, but let's dive into it and find out, you know, what you do and why you do it. I like, I like digging into those. For sure. So uh, as we, we touched on most of my mornings start pretty early. And so for example, I'll wake up at four o'clock in the morning and uh, more recently, I've been trying to be intentional about my phone use. And so what I'll do is uh, hit my alarm off on the phone and I'll put my phone face down in a separate room. I'll go, I'll make some coffee. And while the coffee is brewing, I'll drink a glass of water and do some breath work. And so um, I am new to meditation. I'm new to the breath work scene. And so I just keep it simple. I do box breathing. For those of you who don't know what box breathing is, it's when you inhale, hold, exhale, and hold, and then repeat. Uh, So I'll inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, exhale for four, hold for four, and repeat that 10 times. And what I've noticed is um, my mind wanders. And this is one of the beautiful things about meditation is that um, you notice when it wanders. And I don't know if it ever gets easier, but you just practice pulling your mind back to the present moment. And uh, I truly feel grounded and present after that practice, even if it's only for a few minutes. And so I'll do that. By the time I'm done, my coffee's ready. Coffee is a staple in my life. Uh, not only for the caffeine, but I genuinely love how it tastes. I drink my coffee black. So I grab my cup of coffee, head into the office, as I call it, which is just our small second bedroom with a desk. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll write. I, I spend anywhere from five to 10 minutes journaling. And uh, in my, my journal, I kind of just let my thoughts free flow onto the paper. Um, but one question I, I really try to answer, and this is thanks to my friend, Sam Tooley, who I co-host a podcast with, I'll answer the question, who do I want to be today? Um, and so maybe for example, on a day where I have a really packed schedule in the clinic, I want to be the person who's confident and composed and still in those moments of chaos. Um, and, and that will be my goal for the day. Who do I want to be? And so once I answer that question, I'm done journaling. I usually spend a couple minutes praying. Uh, faith is a big part of my life. And I try to spend that quiet time with God in the morning before I get other things done. And so I'll do that. If I have time, I'll read a little bit. Uh, I'll respond to some client text messages and emails. And then depending on the day, I'll get a workout in before I start my work at the clinic. And if not, I'll just head to the clinic and then work out after work. Uh, When I get home in the evening, depending on my schedule, some days it's around five at night. Some days it's around eight at night. Um, But I I really try to be present when I walk in the door um, for my wife. Uh, because I have so much going on that one of the things that is easy for me to neglect is actually being present in the moment with my wife. Um, And so that's something I've been more intentional about. And I'll actually, I've gotten to the point where I schedule it into my calendar. And so if I get home at five o'clock, the time from five o'clock to nine o'clock is time with my wife. And I feel better because it's in the calendar and I'll try my best to shut my phone off. And, uh, and that's, that's how I spend my weekdays for the most part. And then on the weekends is where I get in the majority of my writing for my newsletter, uh, recording for my podcasts, doing things like this, where I get to meet awesome people and have cool conversations and, uh, and do my coaching stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I've got, I've got a few <laughs> things I want to unpack and I, I, I love yeah. that. You, you do. Yeah. You there's a few aspects that, that we share and then there's a few that, uh, that I'm interested in. 
So I want to start with the, uh, the journaling aspect. So I usually do my journaling at the end of the day where I can do kind of a reflective, but I do like the concept of doing it at the beginning of your day to give yourself a, uh, an objective. Mm -hmm. So do you find yourself ever repeating the same objective each day or how do you keep yourself from doing that? What's, how do you do that? Yeah, it's, that's a good question. I do find myself repeating objectives, maybe not in the same exact wording, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's actually something I'll do at the end of the week on Sundays is go back and look at what I wrote throughout the week and I'll notice themes. Um, and there are things that I, I do repeat throughout the week. And those things tend to be the things that I need to work on the most or that I care the most about. And so I am okay with repeating them as long as I'm intentional about writing them and I'm not just going on autopilot, putting it down because it was what I had the day before. Um, right. And so a lot of those things for me are being composed in chaos um, and also just being a person who's fully present and makes other people feel heard and not just listened to. Those are two big ones for me that seem to repeat quite often. Right, right. Absolutely. That's, that's great. I like that. I definitely like that you go back and look over it each Sunday. Um, I do a, um, I, ch I check my energy levels is one of the big things that I try to do. So at different times of the day, like there's five different points of the day that at the end of the day, I'll go back and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, remember back on the day. Okay. When I woke up in the morning on a scale of one to five, I was at a two out mm. of five this particular day. And then I got back to a three and I was a three again and a three again. And there was no real peak this day, but then every now and then when I'm doing my review to look over my week, I'll notice, okay, I had a four, you know, and then I had another four directly after it. So I need to figure out what was I doing? So I'll do a short, a short little entry after that. What was I doing to find out or so that I can start implementing more things into my routine that have those aspects to it? Cause mm. I operating on a three is just kind of, okay, good. I'm making it through the day. I don't, I'm not having any drop downs. I'm not having any big peaks. Um, but I have found that instead of a three being my average, a 3.25 is, is like my sweet spot right nice. in there between 3.25 and 3.5. So I'm trying to figure out how to, how to duplicate that. So I love, not only are you doing something daily, but then you're taking that action and reviewing it to see what are the consistencies? What are some of the inconsistencies and, and why do those occur? So I like yeah. that as well. Yeah. I like what you do a lot. It's, it, it reminds me a lot of a budget, um, you know, with finances, right? You look at how you spent your money throughout a, a given month and maybe you spent too much on groceries or you bought too many things on Amazon and your accounts running a little bit low. Um, but same goes for energy too. And I think it's cool that you kind of track and you track the ebbs and flows and try to figure out how to stay in that sweet spot. That's something I might have to add. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I, I've enjoyed it. I've been doing it for a little while, but, um, you know, trying to get, so I have yet to have another 3.5 day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to have another 3.5 day. I'm trying to get some consistency of those days to find out what it was that I did that day that, that got it there. Yeah. Um, but the next thing I want to unpack is you talk about you, you have a need to be intentional with the time that you spend, um, I'm sorry. You said it was your wife, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. Just making sure. Um, so being intentional about be, spending time with your wife. And I've noticed that as a theme amongst other men who are very growth driven. So, you know, I guess 
one of the impulse things I want to say is for any of the other, and this can go, this can go for women as well, but you know, men or women out there that are listening that maybe don't have this, they don't have this feeling of a need to be more intentional about the time that they're spending with their spouse. Mm. I get, I feel like if, if you don't have that need arising in your life, then maybe there's not enough being done for yourself throughout the day. You know what I mean? Like there, cause I almost feel like if I didn't have to, cause I'm the same way. If I didn't have this feeling of, Hey, I need to be intentional about spending time with you. Um, then that would, that would really just mean that we're probably spending more time together and we're getting used to that time together and I'm probably neglecting other things that I need to fulfill who I am. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm reaching for a lesson in that, in that yeah. consistency that I'm noticing from people. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know what? So my wife and I are relatively newly married. So about just over seven months and, um, and it's just been as a really awesome learning experience. And I think uh, marriage so far has taught me how to be less selfish and I think the journey of personal growth, it lends itself to selfishness. It's very easy to spend so much time on yourself and justify it uh, through the lens that you are improving yourself, you're getting better, you're growing. But at the same time, and as a married man, and maybe you can relate to this, you know, I made a commitment to my wife and that commitment to her, uh, I put her equal playing field with me, but also above me. And uh, I really feel compelled to honor that. And the busier that life gets, I find myself slipping up. I'm not perfect. Um, but the busier that life gets, I feel more of an impulse to actually schedule and prioritize that time with her because I know it's super important for her. Um, and it's also part of what fills me up. It, it's what fills my cup every single day, every single week. And so without her, I couldn't do what I do. And uh, I feel obligated and not... Uh, not in a bad way. Like I feel compelled, obligated. Wasn't the right word. I feel compelled sure, to, right. spend, to spend that time with her. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think that that speaks very well to the people who are high flame, like you and I, who, as you said, we've maybe justified several of the sacrifices that we've made in our lives to continue our self growth. Yeah. And I think, I think the lesson I was, I was reaching for was more so speaking to those who are not so self-growth driven in a sense of, and maybe, maybe just being outright with it would get my point across a little bit clearer, which would be if you're spending too much time sitting on the couch, watching TV with your significant other, and all you do is spend time together to where you can potentially get sick of each other. <laughs> that's what I was reaching for in the sense yeah. of notice that all these high performance individuals are having to make sure that they're intentional more, intentional about several areas of their lives. So mm -hmm. we can, we can take, we can take if it's just happening with you and your spouse out of the, out of the equation and say, if you're spending too much time on any one area to where other areas are getting neglected, make sure that there's a need that's arising within you that, Hey, I am, you know, super performing in this area of my life. I need to be intentional about this area of my life yes. because there's potentially some negative side effects of letting that go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, the, you know, I think that's a great topic for us to start winding things up with. And, 
you know, is what are your what are your thoughts on that? And then I want to uh, I want to I want to get us started on our transition out. Yeah, no, I I agree with everything that you said. I think um, when you were speaking, I was realizing that there are these buckets, these categories that I place my energy into. Like you can call it personal growth, personal development. I have my clients and my patients in another bucket. I have my physical health and well-being in another bucket. My wife in another bucket, and then my family and friends. And um, because I have these buckets and I care so much about each and every one of them, if one bucket starts to get too much of my attention, uh, another bucket gets less of it. And I notice that and, uh, and I feel the need to be intentional to balance that out. And so um, I think that's, it's, it's something that probably will ebb and flow throughout my lifetime and which buckets need how much attention and, and when, but it's something I hope to find a balance with and get better at as I grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, Joe, I'll, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being uh, gracious enough to extend our time together for my for my mishap. Um, it's it definitely was it was definitely uh, uh, better than the first go around. We were able to dig in deeper on some things that we just kind of brushed over the first time. Um, but I know you've got a wealth of knowledge. You also do a podcast. Um, that I'm uh, excited to look further into as well. So tell uh, our listeners where they can get connected with you, where they can find out more about what you've got going on and what they can learn from you. Of course. Yeah. And uh, so you can find me on Instagram. That's probably the best place to reach me. And my name is joerinaldi.dpt. That stands for Dr. Physical Therapy. You can also find me at joerinaldi.blog. That's where I put a lot of my writing. You could also look more into my newsletter. And then the podcast is called The Pursuit Podcast. And uh, I run that with my friend, Sam Tooley. And we're about 10 episodes in and it's been a lot of fun so far. And so I would just want to end with anybody who, um, if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling hopeless, right? Uh, I touched on it, but like, I felt those things. And so if you're listening to this podcast, even if I don't know you, even if it feels like it's going to take a lot of courage to reach out, if you feel in any way, shape or form that I could help you or just listen to you or be there for you, um, I would absolutely love for you to reach out and, and to get to know you. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, guys, definitely take him up on that opportunity. He is a, a genuine guy by every means. Every <laughs> yeah, the, the conversations we've had, uh, you know, off off uh, off recording, uh, you know, he goes to show that even more. He is the same on this recording as he is off this recording. Uh, very genuine guy. It's been an honor to uh, to have you on the show, Joe. Thank you, Blake. It's been an honor to be here. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, it's an honor to have Joe on the show. And I hope that each of you gained some valuable insights and had some amazing takeaways from today's episode. If you have, like I said, which I hope you do, head over to our Facebook page at Peace With The Process and go to the teaser video that we uploaded for today's episode and tell us what you thought about today's episode. Let's spark some conversation. Let's get some things going. Put that in the comments of that teaser video and let's see what you thought. Um, as well, if you're looking for something a bit deeper and something to talk about on a regular basis, head over to our Facebook group. That's Peace With The Process Facebook group and sign up to become a member of that group today so that you can join in on the conversations that we have going on involving self-growth, uh, the journey, the processes that we are incorporating to sustain consistent daily growth. 
without sacrificing our uh, mental or physical health, uh, ourselves or our relationships uh, in the process. So there's some amazing conversations going on in the comments section and some even more amazing conversations going on in the Facebook group. Guys, I want to thank everybody who has come over to 2021 with us from 2020. Those of you who have been with us since day one, I am just uh, ever grateful for those of you who have stuck in and hung out with Peace With The Process. Uh, I want to thank everyone for their ratings and reviews. If you have not given a rating and review, guys, the episode is over. It's done. Stop it right here, right now, and just leave us a rating and review. It is extremely appreciated, and it helps this episode and this whole show uh, get shared to the people who need to hear it, the people who need to listen in on these conversations so that they can start their growth journey, so that they can get some insight with where they might be able to tweak their processes to enhance their lives. The whole goal of Peace With The Process is to give you all the tools and resources you need to sustain consistent daily growth without sacrificing your mental or physical health, yourself or your relationships in the process. I truly believe that that is attainable. It is possible to do all of that um, You know, in the long term. I've said it before, the short term, you may have to do uh, some uh, a bit of a balancing act. One thing may have to receive less time while the other one receives more time, but not in the long run. In the long run, there should be some balance. You should be able to do that. I think that if you just get intentional, listen into these episodes, head over to the website, dig through those resources, or reach out to me, and we can figure this out together. Head to peace, head over to peacewiththeprocess.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and uh, reach out to me with the uh, contact us form. And let's get to figuring out what it is we can do to give you more clarity, to give you more direction and have you move in the direction of your dreams and goals uh, much quicker for 2021. All right, guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another episode and I will see you next time on Peace with the Process.